who doesn't love a little bit of Brian Adams to get you into the right frame oh, of mind? Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're saying that. Do you remember the story I told you about in India? When um, Summer of 69 was like, became a club yeah. hit. I don't like that song, so I'm with you on that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I, I 20 sense, years after it was, it was made. I, yeah. I sense the borderline passive aggressive uh, <laughs> nature that you had there when I said, he's like, what's this, Brian Adams? Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> 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 like, you know, like when you, when you used to put something on and, you, um, and your mom would be like, oh, what's this, not what's this type of music? Yeah. Oh, God, it's just, it's just screaming. That's what it is, it's screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, welcome everyone to Mentally Sound here on Spice of. 98.8 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, All About Mental Health. Um, but the discla- this, that's sort of a disclaimer at the beginning, just to basically say that we will discuss mental health and sort of taboo um, stigmas and all that kind of thing, discriminatory uh, topics of conversation. But not only is that a disclaimer to say that we will talk about that, we also as a disclaimer to say that's not all we'll talk about um, because we don't want it to be like a sort of depressed fest um, you know, lorry load of information about uh, about about er, you know everything related to mental health. We we discuss uh, other subject matters, other bits of news, um, but obviously, um, it, it's meant to be essentially a signposting show all about mental health to to kind of um, relieve all that stigma and discriminatory uh, mm. stuff, and to get us to be open and honest about. Basically, I kind of think I kind of look at it as a co- an open conversation where you can kind of talk about anything you like. Um, I think when you look at our guest list and the variety that we've had over the years they've all had so they've all been really different from each other and it just so shows you how mental health impacts on like different areas so it, from one instance it could be about home, homelessness mm-hmm. could be about suicide suicide prevention uh, later today we've got someone um, from a local gym who mm-hmm. trains um, you know vulnerable kids and that sort of thing so it just shows a variety of yeah which sounded to me like boxer size when you were telling me about yeah. that yesterday um, and another thing we want to talk about as well is Nikki Robertson who is a regular contributor to this we went to see for Geek Potless podcast uh, which has been released today um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to in a second um, but I want to uh, let people be aware of because it's a guest heavy show as I'm going to read the, li- the list of people who is on because again we've got a jam packed show and kudos to Ricky he's the one who books the guests um, so we have Petra who's waiting in the wing uh, with her friend Ali from Darcy's Dream. Uh, we were waiting on Ali to co- uh, get here in the studio, so uh, we're kind of vamping. <laughs> but we usually do an introduction anyway. But, what's, uh, once, what's new? What's yeah, new? What's, yeah, what's new? <laughs> oh no, we have to talk. Uh, <laughs> it's so unlike us. Um, so yeah, so yeah, they'll, they'll be um, probably uh, on around about 10 minutes time, something like 20 past, so we're going to just talk till then. Um, um, so they're going to be talking about Darcy's Dream, which is a North East charity providing support for bereaved families and siblings that have lost a baby, child or teenager through any particular any circumstances uh, really uh, and Kaz Lam who is the organiser of Break the Silence Festival which is a music festival at Quarry Park Stables um, which is to create a platform to spread the word and raise awareness about mental health uh, and all that all, all that sort of stuff he's going to be here around is, that, is Kaz a, a, a she, male name she, she, or to she, she. she okay so I guessed that because I wasn't sure um, she's going to be here around about 12.35 um, maybe a bit later than that because we're a little bit behind because uh, um, we it, we also started five minutes later as well um, Sinead Sinead I'll say Sinead because I can't pronounce her second name um, she's the Chief Executive of Education Support Partnership the only UK charity providing mental health wellbeing support services to all staff working in education which is actually a callback to um, mm. a few shows ago mm. where we were discussing
interesting um, a, a situation about an um, a cha- a organisation that does mm-hmm. training um, for teachers to particularly for teachers to mental yeah. first aid, isn't yeah. it? Mental health first aid. Well, there's that as well, but more importantly, their own sort of mental well-being. Yeah, their own sort of mental. Because obviously issues. they're dealing with you know. They're well, they're dealing with cuts. They're dealing with all sorts nowadays, and um, it's also like prison te- prison teachers as well. So it's yeah. not just schools; it's sort of teachers in any environment. Really. Of course, yeah, and um, super important because yeah, and um, you know, dealing with children who are constantly developing, who are basically yeah, yeah, yeah. developing their mental health, mm-hmm. their mental health, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, developing their brains and becoming people, you know, becoming their own personalities and people essentially. So, mm-hmm. hello, Alicia, now um, from 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 a. Uh, um, the theatre um, that we she was on last time, so she's just arrived. Um, so yeah, and uh, so yeah, she needs here. So as I said, she needs here from um, Education Support Partnership. She'll be joining us around one at one p.m. And then Matty Jobs, who runs uh, Jobs Gym, which is what Ricky just mentioned, which sounds to me like a sort of boxer size type thing, which is basically mm. box boxing exercises. Um, helps people to box, but also provide activities and focus for kids in the area, helping them gain skills and build a so West End confidence. gym. That is, so it's very local. All right, so yeah, cool. Yeah, which is general. which is excellent. Um, yeah, we've had a, we've had a lot of people from this area on recently, so that's all good. And in Matty will be joining us um, in the second hour around about one thirty. So we might have like because we did cancel one. We had one guest was. Oh, yes. can we mention that now? Yeah, we should mention it now. That's a very, it's, an ex, <laughs> it's an exactly good point to mention. Uh, do you want to say you finish your thought? So um yeah uh, well so one guest it was good you to come on but can't because you know there's some some um, I think legal wranglings but but I think we're all right to say that Northumberland Domestic Abuse Services who we've had on before. Um, They've finally had their funding, so they're going to remain open. And we did a, we recorded a video, didn't we? Sorry about that phone. Yeah, I don't know why. Like that phone <laughs> seems to want to go off whenever we do, and I don't know what that phone's for. No. Um, um, it's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave. Um, but no, anyway, so go on. So we recorded a video for them, didn't we? So uh, our video, and along with others, it proved to be successful. So Great, I know. Yeah. We we sat and did a video um, after one of the shows, as Ricky just said, mm. um, to basically help promote the idea because we think they do a fantastic service. You know, because you if you have a GP and admit that you have domestic abuse, mm-hmm. then you can uh, then you can. Um, Particularly uh, Northumberland, as we described in the video, it's a very kind of it's an open big county and it's quite sparse. So any any means of help for mm-hmm. people who are being domestically abused, then it's vital that services are there are, are remain open. So. Mm-hmm. Fab news, and I think that's all we'll say about it, and then they'll describe it yes, in more detail. Yes, so I, I guess the good summary is, is they'll come on once they're able to talk about it in more detail, because yeah. um, you know they're friends. So the point I was making before, so that's cleared a space we might be able to do mental, mental health news. I know, because I realised, um, having done, because um, you've reminded me as well, is not only, um, as we said, to touch on uh, Nicky Robertson, who was on my po- uh, on Geek Apocalypse uh, yesterday, um, which was released today, but also all the mentally sound podcasts from before yeah. are uh, are actually um, up now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can um, you can uh, look back at all the, the all the guests that we've had on in relation to that. So well, what, um, one guest of them is, is right here in the studio. Yes, who's yeah waiting in the wings. Um, uh, yeah, who's replaced yeah. Dan, uh, which is not too bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, so. Um, uh, yeah, so while I remember to talk about it, yeah, so as I said, Nikki Robertson, um, who is a contributor to this show, she's actually going to be on next month. She's basically going to be on at least once a month talking about basically holistic therapy and talk about her well-being, send that back to balance, and we kind of have a, a partnership with them now. Um, so I, I thought it would be a cool idea with my other podcast, Geek Apocalypse, which is about an hour, an hour conversation, is that essentially... Um, I wanted to because I found when we the reason I said about the previous podcasts is uh, for this show 
is that whenever we talk to Nikki in particular, she's a good example of when we had a conversation where I feel like we could have talked about that far more in depth. Mm. Um, and I always go, it's a shame we had to cut things because I actually left yesterday with a truckload more questions. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll save it till when she um, comes on the show. Yeah. I li- and listening back to it, it was a f- it was really good. And um, um, you'll be you'll you'll laugh when I say that in the description I said like all the stuff we talked about, and I went, we did this great podcast while trying not to be um, hypnotized by the view outside yeah, Nikki's office because. <laughs> Just like we got to see it, yeah. Nikki was looking at us, so she had. Do you think she, we had, could, a, um, she had the worst deal in that spice, scenario? If, if Spice ever have to move studios, I think yeah. we could recommend somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We like, can just use your office when you're not there. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be excellent. Um, but yeah, so um, so on the back of that, Nikki, um, we went to the Wellbeing Centre um, back to balance. Um, yeah, as I say, a beautiful view over the River Tyne that you'd see like Gateshead on the other side. It was just phenomenal. Um, really good centre and obviously we recommend it being that we've got a partnership with them. And so yeah, she, she sat down for over an hour, around about an hour and ten minutes with me and Ricky and you can find that on Geek And we saw Podcast. Claire afterwards as well who, who, yes, who's a business partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, who also helps run the centre. Mm. And yeah, so if you want to listen to that, it's online now, um, as well as um, the last time Nikki was on, on the 8th. And she'll well. be along on the 12th. Uh, yes, the 12th of April. Three uh, week gap now. Yeah. Oh, we want to re- might as well remind listeners that the, today's show is because of Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Yes. That's a very, very <laughs> good I'm point. Because yeah, I completely, yeah, because I completely, yeah, I didn't realize that I, that's a good context. Because we are here a week earlier because the 29th would have been yeah. the last Friday, but I have a conference that I've been asked to attend for the university course. I imagine you'll you talk about the conference on the next yes, show. Yes. On the next show, yeah. if, if I remember to, I will bring it up because basically, mm-hmm. them, yeah, they've asked me to basically contribute and help run this conference, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, um, uh, a particular uh, fund for the social work program that I help run at the university, and basically cover all them cover all them bases. Um, it's an excellent time to end because we have another guest waiting in the wings. So um, that pretty much covers it. So yeah, Geek Apocalypse, um, Nikki Robertson, um, uh, 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 Nikki Robertson's uh, podcast is out now. Um, so type in Geek Apocalypse on um, iTunes or any other any other stuff. You can listen to that in its entirety and any other episodes I've done of that program. Ricky is a is a semi regular. Uh, co-host on that as well um, but yeah uh, what we're going to do now is take a little tiny break um, so we can set up the mics because we're going to have um, two people sharing a microphone here so we need to set this up because um, it's not like other radios where we have an engineer <laughs> I've got to do it so I need to I need to get off the air so we need to get off the air and sort that out so we're just going to play a quick song we're going to play Help by Baranarama because I thought it's only two and a half minutes long and that should give me enough time to do what I need to do um, and then we're going to talk to the, Petra they did that for comic relief I think that yeah help um, sorry I'm just my childhood just flashed so, back and forth yeah. sorry he <laughs> 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 literally did. He looked at me stone faced, going, "Oh my god!" I reminded me of something. Um, but there you go. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk to Petra and Ali uh, in a second, uh, right after "Help" by Banana Rama. Is this me? Hello, hello, yes. Hello, testing one two 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 one two. Okay.
I just realised what this song um, reminds me of. It's the Only Fools and Horses episode where they um, go on the bo- well, go on the uh, coach. Jolly boys out and yeah, the jolly boys out and yeah. market. Yeah, that's I right, was thinking yeah. when it came on, I was thinking why? Did it, why was I humming it when I saw both it on the DVD? Both our childhoods came, yeah. came came along. Oh man, Only Fools and Horses is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of them episodes. It's one of them series where it's like it is kind of very British, and yeah. although it does get, I mean, um, you know, was it UK Gold or whatever it's called? It's just <laughs> Dave, have it on. Dave uh, now, yeah. yeah, no, it has just has it on like I constantly. Know. Know. Um, but there you go. But it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. So as I said, we just played uh, "Help" by Rana Rana there, just to basically take a break. So hopefully the microphones are okay to introduce Petra and Ali, who was on. F- um, uh, was it last show? Last two, show? Two, shows two shows ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two shows ago to talk about her theatre, uh, but she's not here to talk about that. She's mm-hmm. here in an ambassador role to talk about Darcy's dream with Petra. So I welcome uh, f- uh, Petra and Ali back on the podcast. Hello, uh, well on the on not podcast. It is a podcast. It will also be. A show. It will be. Um, welcome, guys. Hi. Um, it's really nice to have you guys on. Um, so I guess first of all, Petra, I will start with you. Is to just the the stereotypical opening question is to say what is Darcy's Dream? So Darcy's Dream is a northeast based charity. We were set up in 2017, and we support bereaved families and siblings across the northeast um, when they've lost a baby or child through any circumstances, so right from miscarriage through to stillbirth, neonatal, sudden infant death terminal illness accidental illness anything mm-hmm. we will support and we support the whole family but we have a massive focus on siblings so siblings often get overlooked when um, a child dies and focus is very much on mum and dad so we've tried to fill that gap and really really make focus on siblings and make sure that they're included in memory making and make sure that they get the right, correct help and support right from the word go um, and that they never ever ever get overlooked yeah because I mean uh, I, I think we, me and Nicky were, uh, me and Ricky were both nodding there. Where we would, why we, why you said that? Because I guess there's so many connotations of other examples of where kind of siblings get left out. I mean, I'm I'm the youngest of three, um, and I always find like divo- my, my parents being divorced, for example. I mean, and it's not it's not the same, but it's yeah. similar in the yeah. sense of that that you, you sometimes parents. Um, with something so traumatizing, I'm, I'm preaching to the yeah. converted here, but like they, they kind of get so absorbed in that, in, in dealing with that, yeah. that they forget sometimes there's other offspring to. It is, it's, re- yeah. it's really difficult because you do, you do become so absorbed in your own grief yes. that you, you mm. can't really think about anyone else. But when you've got young children, so when I lost Darcy, uh, she left behind a twin sister and an older sister. Um, my twin sister was nine and a half weeks old, and their older sister was just turning two. So they were really young. So yes, I was dealing with my own grief. My husband was dealing with his own grief. Yep. 
but I very much had to do something for those children because yeah. they weren't at an age where they could just kind of get on with things. Yeah. Um, they, you know, I had a twin twin that wouldn't settle. I had a, ch- a child that didn't understand where her sister had gone. Um, yeah, I was going to ask then, you that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she just didn't understand. Nobody tells mm. you how to deal with that, how to answer those questions. Mm. Um, it's not something that you're a taught in life, how mm-hmm. to tell a child that the sister's died. Um, and it's just basically, I mean, the, the words that broke my heart was it was about probably about four weeks later and nobody had once kind of mentioned Layla, Darcy's twin sister or Amelia. They'd never asked about them if they needed any help. So Amelia turned around to me at two because she, she's quite advanced for age and she's like now four going on 44. Um, she thinks she knows <laughs> everything. Um, but she turned around at two and she said, mommy, no one cares about me. Oh. And the only and she, it was, and she said, I miss Darcy just as much as you. And it's true because they've lost a part of them as well. So it's not just mum and dad that have lost a part of them. It's 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 them that have lost. Yeah, a part it's of sort them. of like yeah, it was like memories. Like yeah, it's, it's memories, isn't it? Um, they they have established some memories and a yeah, bond and so stuff I mean, like that. A, and it doesn't she's mean she established a bond with her. She mm-hmm. had memories, and then obviously she thought she had a lifetime with her sister, and then that that's just all those first pictures would have been yeah. with with her sister, and then you're, she's asking like where she's gone, yeah. what's happened, yeah, all sorts was, of questions. Um, yeah. She was constantly saying where's Darcy, mm-hmm. and you. Just don't you don't know what to say so i had to <coughs> i asked for help from numerous different charities and hit brick walls with with them all national charities mm. um it was such a tick box <coughs> system it was mm. if your child had died on maternity or if your child had died mm. on here and i said it shouldn't matter where what's happened yeah. to my child where my child died um i just want help from my other my other children that's one of the that was the, that was mm-hmm. really really frustrating that i just couldn't get the help that i needed mm-hmm. if i didn't live in a certain area and I, because i said i lived in northumberland they said it was an affluent area and i couldn't have this and i, I just thought this is ridiculous like you have to you, you have to if you're a charity that provides a service then you provide a service to anybody it doesn't matter what the circumstances are or who they yeah. are yeah did you actually see it affluent area yeah well because, right. because of the circumstances that darcy died in and because she suddenly just stopped breathing um yeah. And then Layla was treated for sepsis and meningitis four days after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from having two healthy twins to one that stopped breathing and they couldn't resuscitate it, and another child that was in hospital um, being treated for two severe infections, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a child at home. And then I was paranoid that she was just going to stop breathing, so I contacted a charity that's quite well known uh, nationwide for a breathing monitor for mm-hmm. her. Um, to, which attaches to them to keep an eye on the breathing and it sets off an alarm if there's a, if there's a yeah. change in the breathing mm-hmm. and it took them four days to ring me back which I thought was unacceptable anyway mm-hmm. from a charity um, when you're dealing with such yeah. grief and when they did ring me back they said you live in Northumberland and it's an affluent area so you can't have one that's incredible isn't wow it? absolutely crazy that was, yeah. uh, that was their response so uh, yeah it's, it, it, and then just other charities that I contacted for help for my other children they were just because Darcy wasn't a miscarriage and she wasn't a stillbirth because she'd lived and mm-hmm. um, but because she didn't die from a terminal illness, they didn't, yeah. they didn't want to help my other children. Yeah. And I just thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. You know, they yeah. need help. They've they've lost their sibling. And like that's some, uh, what's them. silly about that is, like, that's beyond their control. Yeah. So yeah. the idea to, like, kind of blame them for that yeah. almost I mean, they're is... They're massively is, disadvantaged. A group yeah. sibling is massively disadvantaged yeah. through no fault of their own. Because yeah. 
they can't they can't control their brother or sister dying. Which is a, I mean, we're essentially describing discrimination there. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you know, you're being discriminated against for something that's not beyond your abilities. Yeah. Um, for one of for mm. the, one aspect of, of discrimination, discrimination, but I think a very poignant one. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons when I was doing the introduction, um, seeing who was on the show. One of the things that because Ricky sends me a little bit of notes about who's who's he's, who he's booked, and I love the idea that it said in the notes that you under any circumstances. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think that's sort of key. There's a couple of questions on the back of that, and I know Ricky will want to ask you some stuff. But let's throw, let's get Ali into the mix. Um, so Ali, um, how did you find out about Darcy's dream? Um, basically, I went along to one of their balls, and I just loved everything that it was about. With the a ball? That sounds so flamboyant. I just want to start going. I went along though, and we just thought that it was absolutely amazing. I work with children who some of them do have life-limiting illnesses, and we just thought it was the type of thing that some of our families could benefit from. As it happened, we lost a child like in the September, and then obviously Petra came into that. And then we've just lost a child like this week as well, so Petra's been supporting them through that as well. Um, the other thing, what True Colors linked in with Petra was we do the distraction therapy for them, mm-hmm. which is something that what mm-hmm. they do for the children. Children come to us for eight weeks, and that's supported by Darcy's Dream and ourselves, and to give the children something to focus on, yep. which is mm-hmm. really, really good. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Everything about them is what it's all about both families about supporting everybody Mm-hmm. I'm actually really, really pleased you said that because then that links to. I mean, you feel free for both years to ask this, but 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 Petra, um, when you were talking about like sort of helping siblings and all sort of stuff, and then you mentioned that the term grief because that's yeah. essentially what we're go- what yeah. people people like that are going through. And I was thinking about this because I was reading the notes on the way here to the sh- to the show about the, the people we had on, and in particular in relation to you that. I was thinking about grief in my own life, um, because obviously we do a show about mental health and about um, and about you know sort of giving people advice, whether it's through experience or through yourselves in a sort of doing a, an organisation helping a particular person. And the thing I find dangerous in certain situations is when people say ignore a problem, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, like as in oh, like um, some parents I know, like for example, say tomorrow's a new day, but I find in a lot of problems that's actually really dangerous. Yeah. You should actually, you should actually dealt with it, but. I find interesting, and this is why, feel free to agree or disagree, I just wanted to ask yeah. you because I was curious, is, um, for example, um, my friend Ricky um, knows this, um, that my friend John died a couple of years ago, and I experienced grief, and I found the thing that, that, that was really useful because I find with grief, you it, you always are, are going to feel it, feel it, for want of a better phrase, like, that, that to a certain extent you're going to feel it it's just you can't be overwhelmed by it so I found the good thing about this was distraction so and and the reason I think it's an important question to ask here is in this particular example because it's very specific is distraction actually a good coping mechanism now just on the end of that you might as well sort of um you know, let listeners know what d- distraction therapy is. You yeah. know, sort of outline it. Yeah. yeah. So distraction therapy is long been a proven technique, especially with children, but can work with adults as well. So mm. a grieving child is still a child. Yeah. So mm. they still need to be having fun in their life. They yeah. still need yeah, to yeah. get out there and mingle with other children. Mm. So when a child's lost their brother or sister, everything at home as you can imagine, is horrific. Mm-hmm. Mum and dad are very sad. Yep. Nobody's, you know, they've lost, they've not only lost their sibling, they've lost the mum and dad that they once knew. Yeah. Like their mum mm-hmm. and dad will never, ever be the same again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of doubly grieving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 
and then those siblings are dealing with their grief it's very very difficult for children to process their emotions so at Darcy's Dream we, we do support them through counselling um, through lots of other support mechanisms through school and things like that we work with their school to help make sure that they've got support at home and at school so that they can process those emotions um, as they're going through their life but the sibling distraction therapy is unique to us we're the only charity that we're aware of that offer it mm-hmm. and to see the difference it makes for the children is just Definitely. absolutely massive. They, they all, I mean, every every single child says to us, "Thank you for thinking of us," and it's mm. it shouldn't be like you know they mm. should have been thought of from from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Um, but sibling distraction therapy basically is we work with lots of northeast companies with with True Colors as one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we do mm. theatre, dance swimming mermaid lessons cupcake making football you name it we work with loads of different companies um to provide these sessions for the the for siblings that have lost a brother or sister and they basically get to go and interact with other siblings that might have lost their brother or sister yep. children their age yep. um and it gets them just out of the house parent or guardian or a friend of the family can take them if mum and dad aren't up to it um and it gets them out and having fun again because as much as we we are supporting them in the background with counselling and other support networks for their mental health, they've still, in order for their mental health to, to survive and to not have a massive effect mm-hmm. in later on in life, they still have to be a child and still have mm-hmm. to have fun in life. And we put that fun back into their life when everything at the minute in their life is pretty good. I mean, going back to the the, so the, service, the lack of support service that you notice that they're inspired what, what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, we're all talking about mental health and, and in particular child mental health now. You'd think when... The, the, the dealing with gr- grievance and loss at such an early age that that sort of input would be there from the start wouldn't it and you've noticed that, that, that that's what's so frustrating yeah. because you know obviously mental health is such a big thing it's talked about all the time now mm. um, and you know inter- early intervention is, is the biggest thing and the Definitely, key thing yeah. with children because mm. if they go through life without having the correct support around them with their mental health then that can have massive impacts not only mm. on their personal life, on their work life, on absolutely everything, school life. Yeah. Um, and the most frustrating thing is, is that I looked for help on all different avenues through GPs, through health visitors, and I just hit a brick mm-hmm, wall mm-hmm. every single time. They said, "Bring mm-hmm. them back when they're four. Mm-hmm. What? So they've got to they've got to suffer with their mental yeah. health until they're four years old." But I mean, it it's funny because uh, as you, uh, it's funny as in ironically funny. I, I mean, is that. Um, the things that you describe in terms of fun and, and, and distraction, because as I said, we did a podcast with uh, Nikki, who's a, who's a, collabor- a collaboration, and one of the things we talked about is having like individual happiness. Is that it's and and all the stuff you were describing. What I find, and I, I mean, I'm I'm frustrated. So I imagine someone doing a charity like yourself must be ten times worse. Is going. Why do we, in that particular aspect, treat children any differently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like in terms of the idea of because in particular, you know, they, they have this idea about sort of protecting children. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the other aspect of dealing with such something as terrible as this is when the child feels sad is to let them be sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like we've kind of. Do you feel like we've kind of deal with things the wrong way around like so when a person's sad or a child's sad we go can you not stop being sad and try and find a way and not be sad whereas maybe that's the time they can they resonate yeah, with yeah, what's yeah. happened and but then, then it, it has to have fun when they yeah. want to have fun yeah. you know like, like that, that's what it's all about i mean obviously yeah. the support that we work we work with families closely as a team as well as the counselors working with them and you know we work with things like allowing time for um so in our house it would be called Darcy time so we mm-hmm. have Darcy time we talk about Darcy we do things for Darcy we make things for Darcy or 
whatever the kids want to do and then they kind of feel that they can then open up a little bit mm-hmm. um, and they can let their feelings <clears throat> out and obviously the best place for a child to, to, to explore any of their emotions at the home with mum and dad because that's their safe place that's their safe haven they know that mum and dad are going to protect them through anything that they you know mm-hmm. they're, they're feeling um, but obviously it does overspill at school and it does you know so it's, a, it's about having all of the support net network in place yep. wherever that child is yeah, so that absolutely. we know that they can turn to somebody and yes we, we would like them to do most of the exploring their emotions at home or with the charity so that we know that they're getting the correct support mm-hmm. but it's about putting those support in so that we know that wherever they turn they've got somebody there that's going to catch them and they're not just going to fall through the net and yeah. and mm-hmm. not have that that help and support and it is you know they, they have to talk about it. they have to you know some parents think well I don't want to talk about death to my child and this is this was this was my opinion because when I started to research how I was to go about telling my two-year-old that her sister had died. I mean, my I envisaged telling her that she was a star, mm-hmm. and then I was like, actually, this is vital. Actually, yeah, just help me with this. This is the because it's it's all very well and good saying that a child's now a star, but I mean, for an adult to understand how a a baby becomes a star is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. So to expect a child to understand that is really really difficult. Yeah. So. The whole, the whole thing is, is about being truthful. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't discuss with children, like post-mortem results and things like that. But as much as you can be truthful with that child, you have to be. And, and as much as you don't want death to be part of their life, it is part of their life and it will be yeah. forever part of their life because they've lost their brother or sister. And I literally had to tell my two-year-old, and it was a horrific time, I sit down and had to say, Darcy's died. And then she was terrified that I was going to die because she thought everybody yeah. around her mm-hmm. was going to die. So that's how we then support families to... to to allow that child to understand that not mm-hmm. everybody in their family is going to die mm-hmm. and you know yes we can say that Darcy's a bright star, a star above us but mm-hmm. she recognises that Darcy's died that she lives in heaven and the best thing with children is that if you tell them that they're an angel because that's what they are so they're still of human form they still look like she still looks like Darcy she's just got wings because she needs wings to live in heaven but she doesn't need wings because she lives on earth and that's okay. how she yeah. then understands yeah. that and she'll have a conversation with loads of people and tell her that she's got one sister on earth, one sister in heaven, one little brother on earth, and she and she'll she'll happily tell people of that because she understands it. She'll go and visit Darcy's grave. She'll put flowers down for her, and we talk about it. And I think because we're so open with with talking and we of teach course, that yeah. to families, mm-hmm. it it does. She feels like she can talk about Darcy whenever she wants, so she doesn't bottle it all up, and it then doesn't become a problem with her mental health. Yep. It's because she feels like she can talk whenever she needs to talk. Yeah. And I'm Great. Yeah. The memory boxes. Yeah. They have another camp, which the memory boxes are amazing. The thing. The memory boxes. Are, they go out to all northeast ho- northeast mm-hmm. hospitals, and they're they're very much focused on including siblings in memory making because they right. often get overlooked at memory making as well. Mm-hmm. So when Darcy died, I was given a beautiful memory box, and it was beautiful. Um, but it was all for me and Darcy, not mm-hmm. really much for my husband either. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, what about our sisters? Like mm-hmm. they will want a memory to treasure. So we've created a box, and probably one of the biggest feedback that we get from these boxes is the sibling link bears, and so it contains bears that one bear will go with mum and dad, one bear will go with the child that's passed away, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a bear for every sibling, and that the bear's the same, so they've all got a link forever, and a lot of the children that we work with, they use that as they talk to that bear as if they're talking to their sister or their brother and Correct. they sleep with it and they give it a kiss I mean my little girl every single night she has something called a Darcy bunny because obviously this was before we created our memory boxes so mm-hmm. um, she has something called a Darcy bunny and she gives her a kiss and the, this, that, that Darcy bunny carries the kiss to 
Darcy's Darcy bunny, so that she knows that she's given her a kiss good night. Great. And it means nice. the world to, to see yeah. it. Yeah. To what the kids, they just I think a, I think a really good summary because unfortunately because we need to wrap up now because it's really fl- completely flown by. Yeah. Um, I think a good summary of this is I think it's less about. Um, putting on uh, like a child I mean you can include adults in this as well but obviously we're talking about children here um, is don't put on how to help them like help them on their own terms yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's really essentially what we've been talking about here is that it's 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 less about um, going this is how I think you should deal with this mm-hmm. uh, rather than okay how are you dealing with this and then let's go from there children have to um, have a voice it's their yeah. grief and they have to have a voice yeah. and they have to be able to deal with it in their own way one, very, I, yeah. one very last point um Despite all the frustrations that we've talked about, how healing, therapeutic is running the charity, knowing that what you're doing and is helping so many others. As quick as you can, because you yeah. really need to wrap up. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, the, the work we do is so rewarding. As much as it's heartbreaking to do yeah. with families every mm. single day, to see the difference it makes to those families that they know that they've got 24 hours right. support from us is amazing. Great. Yeah, because what, yeah, what I want to wrap up is yeah. to say, obviously, people can get in touch. Um, I know because you tweeted earlier, which is, thank you for doing that, is at Darcy's Dream on Twitter. Um, yeah. um, how can people get involved if they have any, um, you know, so bere- agreement in that sense? We've got the, our biggest campaign that we've got running at the minute is called Hashtag 10 Lens for Darcy, which is raising sibling loss awareness across uh, trying to get it nationwide. So my eldest little girl, who's just turned four, swims with celebrities, um, and people can get involved <laughs> and swim that with her. They can donate to our campaign. People can get involved through the website. We you know, welcome anybody that wants to help and volunteers at events. We, we run events near enough every single month. Um, and, you know, any ideas, we're absolutely welcome. We, we're on Facebook, at Darcy's Dream. Instagram. Uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. at Darcy's Dream. And we've got at 10 Lens for Darcy as well on Facebook. And LinkedIn. Uh, and mm-hmm. LinkedIn. And YouTube, Great. if you search us, you can find loads of videos about the services that we offer. Great. And I know you two, you have a partnership with True Colours. Do, uh, is that right? Yeah, um, yeah. Dis- yeah, yeah. So I mean, we should really come and see your theatre, Ali. It would be lovely. Um, so yeah, we'll have to organise that because yeah, as I said, we went and did like we went to one of the centres that we promote on this as well. So it would be cool to go down and have a chat with you and stuff, yeah. and see see the see the place. That would be lovely. It's Long Benton, isn't it? Where it's based? Yeah, yeah. Not too far. Yeah, cool. Uh, excellent. Right. Thanks so much, guys, for coming Thank on. Thank you, you for being so uh, honest and open. And um, obviously, anyone listening to this who's got any bereavement like that or knows anyone who feels that they could use the help, please do get in touch with Darcy's Dream, um, who are happy to help. Um, cool. Right. We're going to need to take a break right now because we have uh, our next guest waiting in the wings. So we're going to just play some quick ads because we're a little bit past the half hour, but it's, they're not very long, only 30 seconds. Then we're going to play People Are People by Depeche Mode. And then we'll be right back on Mentally Sound on 98.8 FM on Spice FM. <laughs> by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM
Hello, everybody. Just let Depeche Mode finish that, finish his thought. Uh, people are people by Depeche Mode. And a huge thank you to Petra and to Ali. And Dali was from, just in case you didn't uh, hear, is from uh, True Colors Theatre, who was on two shows ago. And we were just saying, and as, as we said on there, as well as off air, about Very quick mention, they, didn't, they forgot to mention that they've got a ball on the 28th. Of oh, okay. September and it's at the Crown Plaza. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I imagine we could probably get them back on by then. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and they just said we should go to it, which is kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. yeah, mentally sound. One of the things that we're actually trying to do, um, we know you and you know this because we did the Blade and Shed mm-hmm. uh, the last time, is to try and go to actual places yeah, yeah. and actually interview people mm-hmm. at the places that they're talking about. We think that feels much more authentic. Talking um, of which, there's a festival. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. She just uh, Kaz just nodded her head as she's waiting patiently. <laughs> um, you know that would be cool because I, I I do I do like a festival, particularly yeah, if it's a nice too. one. <laughs> if it's a nice one, not like Glastonbury where you get all muddy and everything. But yeah, but Kaz Lam, organizer of Break the Science Festival, which is yeah. what you're here to talk about. Hello, welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, so, um, sorry for making you wait a little bit. We were a little no, bit behind, I was, but I hope. Yeah, I hope it was a riveting. Yeah, was, um, and I'll be in touch with the two girls. Yeah, so you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we always joke. <laughs> we're at meeting point in this studio, aren't we? Bring people together <laughs> under one umbrella. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. good. Saves me chasing all over the northeast. Yeah. Let them just get them all. Yeah. That's why I was laughing because we always say we're signposts for like people listening, signposts, but we're now signposts for guests now. They just go, oh, we didn't know about you. Let's meet. <laughs> let's have a coffee yeah let's uh, I'll add you to the emails uh, all that kind of thing which and is coincidentally, great coincidentally we're in a place called the Beacon so yeah there, there is well, yeah. the Beacon yeah. Yeah. Oh, Beacon of Hope written in the stars yeah. isn't oh it? Beacon of Hope is that what you yeah. heard yeah. Yeah. Beacon of Light yeah, yeah. where we all, uh, we all you know, depending on w- depending on what works for you uh, <laughs> well yeah so um I, I love. I got to say, um, the first thought when um, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at the notes now that Rick yeah, sent me, is yeah. um, uh, "Break the Silence" is such a fantastic title. Um, it is, and, and I stole it. Okay, um, I stole it from a band that I put on. Should you be saying um, this on air? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I asked for permission first. So, okay, that's fine. Um, it was a band, and I said, "I love the name. Can I have it?" And she said, "Well, yeah. Well, we're thinking about changing our name anyway. So yeah, you can have it." So All right, I said, cool. Okay, okay. thanks. Mm-hmm. So. That was it. Yeah, cool. So um, it's a music festival at the Quarry Park Stables. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's on the fields next to the stables. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that's a good point though because the postcode's a little bit dodgy. Okay. Um. So yeah, the Quarry Stables. If you get the Quarry Stables, you'll see the festival. Okay. And when's yeah. it? When's it happening? It's the seventeenth of August. This okay. Is the summer. All right. Um, so a while yet, but yeah. still, um, but that's good. Um. So how? So how has it been in terms of um, in terms of like organising it? Because I, as someone who's <laughs> as someone who's organised something as 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 nuts as that um, <laughs> I've done gigs uh, as well it's chaotic it is chaotic it's, um, it's chaotic in its own way because we also um, started a CIC as well which is a community and mm. company for the festival so we can do the work all the year round um, fighting against stigma and mental mm-hmm. health so um, yeah it, it was kind of chaotic um, we're just sort of getting a team together and then someone has to move to another town and mm. stuff like that so it has been really chaotic but Good fun as well. Yeah, know? I was going to say it because I imagine this is something organising gigs yeah. is something you've done it previous. Yes. something I've done as well. I've yeah. done like anti-racism gigs and all yeah. that stuff in like yeah. the monuments and uh, places. But well, you know. Yeah, but from this angle though, when you're yeah. dealing about mental health, is it any different? Is it is it easy? Is it tougher? Is it when people ask you, "Well, I'm putting on a mess festival for mental health." Yeah. Do they look at you like, "Is there a double yeah, take involved?" I, I, I think there might be a slight double take because I think you know. 
I think music is a way through Definitely, helping yeah. you mm-hmm. with your mental health. And mm-hmm. certainly when I was very poorly, mm-hmm. I had a song, certain songs that got yeah, me through and I would play too, them yeah. over and over and over and it's kind of uplifted us a bit. But um, And I think everybody has a song like that. Mm-hmm. In that memory, um, you know, I, I've I've got a song like my brother died, mm-hmm. um, and I've got a song for that, and I've mm-hmm. got so there's like lots of different things, and I think you have to say that this first and foremost is to get as many people together as possible to stand up to stigma, mm-hmm. the stigma of mental health, yeah, and that the whole idea, the whole because I do that anyway, um, I do music gigs. I thought, well, I can use myself. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've organised the, the full festival now. It's kind of getting near the end mm-hmm. of the organisation of it. Um, and, and I think that's it's a good way. It's like you yourself with your show. You're getting through to people, aren't you? And I, I think so, yeah. to, to get yeah. a lot of people, I mean, our target was to get to 40,000 people, not mm-hmm. at the festival, mm-hmm. but by word of mouth yeah. and Facebook and Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So we've, t- we've covered that well easy. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously all this kind of thing has to be paid for. So that's been my job, yeah. mainly <laughs> grabbing funds wherever I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're halfway there. We've got a crowd fund. Um, and it's through space. You passed the ten thousand mark, am I right? We've passed the ten thousand. The target is mark, is yeah. eighteen. Am I right? Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 been hard. That's the hardest part, mm-hmm. really, trying to get money off people, um, especially um, businesses. But would love to hear from you. You know, when you if you have a workforce and you support a mental health project, then it passes down to the workforce that you know that they're being looked after. That mm-hmm. they've got a. Mm-hmm. Um, sympathetic boss mm. or uh, sympathetic company and it also passes to the to the community as well that this company supports mental health mm-hmm. you know you, you know yourself mm-hmm. um, you need funds mm-hmm. and we do need funds if we do, if we don't get the 18,000 we don't get the 10 and a half we've already raised because right. it's that kind of crowdfund right. so um, we ask for pledges and um, particularly companies we're asking for pledges of stuff as well you know like marquees and mm. um, although we've costed for it all if we get one thing off our wish list it's one thing less to pay yeah. for um, and then we can sort of you know involve mm. other groups for instance and, and pay for stuff mm. for them um, the festival itself is a normal um, fun festival, mm-hmm. you know. Don't think you're going to come along and get sort of bad yeah, You're not. Yeah. We have a, a marquee, and we'll have the mental health groups in there, and they will all be able to pass mm-hmm. on whatever information you need. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, if you want to talk to them, they will talk. There's some mm-hmm. relaxation and mm-hmm. training, um, and that that. But then you've got the the proper festival side of it, which is the music, the fun for the kids. Yeah. You know, the normal foodie stuff mm-hmm. and. Um, everything, lots of different things going on for the families. Um, so, yes, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> we need ten thousand pound. Well, but you've, you've technically pound. passed the halfway mark, and that yeah. leads because one of my questions was how yeah. receptive have people been, and I think that's a good indication of that you've had good yeah, good response. Yeah, then. I mean, some of the companies that have helped. I mean, we've got a company in Manchester that's just donated us twelve hundred pounds worth Gosh. of merch. Wow, oh, that's in Manchester now. Yeah. What we need is our Newcastle companies, mm-hmm. you know, to try and match. We that. need to step up. Yeah, um, this guy's even give us a computer for our office and everything, okay. you know, because right. he has suffered himself, and he knows um, what it's felt like and, and mm-hmm. how how we got through it. Um, so he's 
helping us in a, in, in a massive way because that merch can mm. bring in a lot of money for us. Mm. So, for instance, they are in Manchester. We need somebody in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. We have wrote to 36 companies um, and we will be chasing up on all, mm-hmm. all of those things. But please, if you're a company, you know, when you want to give out a message that you're supporting mental health, whether it's in the workforce or for yourself, please um, pledge on our crowdfund. Mm-hmm. Or you can get me at dot breakthesilencefestival.co.uk great um, no it's not it's at gmail.com my mistake um, uh, that is the email is that yeah, your email yeah that's yeah. my email and I'm quite happy for anybody to message me on that um, great um, is there a, sorry, yeah, no no go ahead I was going to say what is there is there a backstory to this in terms of Inspire I know you said you were poorly there, before and there is there is I was very poorly 18 years ago um, right. I probably um, nearly died five times at least mm. um, I was very very poorly um, I actually lost my brother mm. um, he committed suicide mm, sorry um, and, and we had a very we had quite a traumatic life but you know that that was quite a while back but you know, you, you still, I still have my odd day, mm-hmm. um, although I'm, I'm not as poorly as I ever was, mm-hmm. and I class myself as quite lucky mm-hmm. to be not that poorly. Mm-hmm. So I've been there, mm-hmm. read the book, seen the mm-hmm. film and all that, and mm-hmm. I know exactly what the process feels like and, and yeah. how how hard it is and how alone, because at that time, you couldn't speak about mental health mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. It's changing a little bit now, but there's still some stigma out there. People are still scared. I mean, just the recent suicides... Um, have left people dumbfounded. We've got two girls in one family, for instance, that um, one died one year and one died the next year. Um, so Actually, a good a good friend of mine. The, the very gigs I mentioned before, yeah. the anti-racism ones. Yeah. One of the lasses I who was in our team, who I regard as an inspiration. I only fa- I found out that she took her own life last yeah. year. So, yeah. I, you know, things like what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's a, the loss is devastating. Mm. When it's when it's um, like that, you know, it's just like our family was devastated, and I can understand what the girls are saying, yeah. you know, because um, some of my younger brothers and sisters, I was older, but some of them were younger, mm-hmm. um, and because of our mother's grief and our dad's grief, mm-hmm. and then our dad had cancer, mm-hmm. you just couldn't talk about it, no. you know, and I can only talk to, um, like I've talked mm-hmm. to my partner here, and um, I didn't have anybody to turn to really, and I, it. it crucified me um, really for, for a long time you know because you, you do blame yourself mm-hmm. but it's not your fault yeah you do automatically blame yourself could I have helped could I have done something I think that the, the whole thing's changing now it's shifting a little bit because younger people are now speaking out mm-hmm. you know they're speaking out on Facebook um, I mean we've got 30 uh, we've done we've, we've done a sort of a section of the festival for young break the silence because we want to break okay. through to the younger people, um, and what we've done is we've got thirty young performers, um, and one the other week you know just said to me, well she lost her uncle, mm. she knows what it's like. We've lost this one, we've lost this. So many. Once you mm. start talking to people, then you realise how how. Um, yeah, I mean, just on the on a you know a few cab rides I've had along here at studios sometimes, yeah. and they'd say, "Oh, why are you, oh, you're on the radio? What are you talking yeah. about?" And suddenly it turns out that the, they know the, people. That they want to speak, don't yeah, they? They, they want to speak about it. That's the yeah. whole thing. When it happened to me, I wasn't allowed to speak about mm. it. Um, when I lost my brother, I, I wasn't allowed to 
even mention it. So you know, but now, as you say, mm. things are changing, mm. and if you you just if you just say mental health. People give you a story. The frown. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the fr- it's either a frown yeah, or or, or people out. or yeah. people are like, oh, finally yeah. an opportunity to, yeah, to, to talk speak. about myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question, like the previous guest, then, do you find what you're doing now sort of therapeutic? Is it sort of? Oh. Do you find you're channeling all that negative energy into yes, something positive? I think now? I'm probably a bit obsessive now. <laughs> <laughs> As um, my partner here would tell you, um, I work into the hours of the night. You know, right. it's kind of taken over my life. Yeah. Um, and and that's the way you know. If I have to do that, I'll do mm-hmm. that. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me at all. Well, it is, but I mean, I think the advantage to that is to not say that. Not 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 to say that with a degree of like being obsessed or something like yeah. that. Is that we often say that mental health is a part is a, is a part of life. Yes. Um. I mean, um. When we d- we had to do a summary for our show because we were four, we're four we were four years old uh, for a bulletin thing for one of the charities that helped run this. Yeah. And um, we were basically saying that like um, mental health is my summary was like we're, like mental health is a thing. It's a it's a it's a thing that need that we all have. And as long as it, as long as we exist, as you know, I remember saying this in an interview. The last show we did was I go mental health is something that we're always going to have to deal with as long as we're human beings. Is what is what make, defines us to be different than animals. You know, is the fact that we're self aware and yeah. you know, and we have emotions and yeah. uh, and and we're aware of our own existence, which majority of you know mammals and and, and stuff don't don't know um I, what i want to ask you because um i f- i find myself saying this more and more because obviously i talk about mental health i do a show like this is i um, do you agree with the premise of the like you were sort of touching on that we're at a stage now where we're sort of accepting that there is such a thing as mental health but what we don't know what to do about it yes. is that fair to say yes. yeah yes. i think because there's less and less money being spent on mental health more and more people are struggling um, and you know I've got certain people involved with me who actually buy in mental health packages um, and, he, and he's even put a, a thing on our site saying it's absolutely um, dreadful at the minute that there's, you know, there's less and less and less help out there mm-hmm. and I think unless we have a <coughs> um, you know an ability to speak out, then we're going to mm. have more and more mm. suicides. And and if we, you know, the way I look at it is if, like, if someone's thinking about it today, for instance, you know, if if they're, if they're listening to this, um, you know, I've been there. I've, I, I know how it feels, um, but I'm happy to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't be on the other side of it. Yes, I've been, exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You know it, what looks black today. It might be you know great tomorrow, and it might be blue the next day. So just take that twenty-four hours, one step at a time, know, and yeah. just do that one day. And if you can get through that one day and talk to somebody, then go ahead and talk to them. I think you'll find that people are, are much more open to to, to it now. So that mm. you, you know you will be able. To, people are so worried about the stigma of it. I mean, yeah. I was. You know, yeah. I, I didn't talk about it for a long time. Mm. Um, just just because um, I mean I, I had neighbours you know that said you're mental you you know yeah it's, like, it's, an, it's the old generation of yeah, approaching it, it um, like, the and sort of I was talking about it yeah. earlier and the bereavement thing about just saying just ignore it and it'll go yeah. away But yeah. and, and, and I say there's majority of it, problems like I said 
um, are not are not suitable or healthy to say just ignore it because um you, you need to actually tackle it as and when it's happening a yeah. lot of the time um, unfortunately because I, I, I was slightly interrupting you to say we've run out of time because uh-huh. um, we've got to play ads and stuff like that and we have a, a guy waiting on the phone um, but um, I, all I wanted to say is so can you want to say the email address again if you yes, can yes it's breakthesilence at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, we're on Facebook we're on Twitter um, on Instagram and um, our crowdfund is spacehive.com great so if you can come on and give us some money that would be very appreciated yeah and we'll um, certainly promote it and can people get in touch to be part of it as um, well. that would be great can yeah. people get in touch not only to help out but do, do, are you want an artist to contact you um, as well to be on or stage, the main stage is fully booked mm-hmm. um, we're still working on trying to get more marquees mm-hmm. someone can give us another marquee can get more on and cool. um, they're very expensive though so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay well at least you know you've, at least you've got some stuff set in stone yeah. already I mean because it's September do you see you've got a it's date August, 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 oh, August sorry yeah. oh, sorry August Summer. 17th Summer. yeah <laughs> August 17th I don't know why I said September 4th it's going to be nice it's um, going to be warm hot was the, was the ball September is that what yeah, I was yeah right, oh yeah. sorry I was getting confused mm-hmm. um, so yeah August 17th cool right so check check all that stuff out um, if you want more information and obviously get in contact with Kaz if you so desire that was the Break the Science Festival and Kaz Lamb thanks so much for joining us been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm going to take a break now because um, Sinead um, is waiting in the wings, our next guest, so I'm um, on the phone. So we're going to play some ads right now and then we're going to play, because I thought it was convenient about what we are talking about, Starting Over by John Lennon, which I thought was a fantastic way of approaching it because it was very similar to what Kaz was just talking about in taking one day at a time. So we're going to take a break now and then we're on the second hour here on Mentally Sound at Spice FM 98.8 FM after these messages and Starting Over by John Lennon. Of the same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests and the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens and will also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM 98.8 FM. Our life together is so precious Together we have grown We have grown 
Wow, that wonderful 
John Lennon was starting over. Um, now he's talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He always has a spiritual home here. Finally, something he approves of. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's 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 a little mini game I play on the shows. I just keep playing music until Ray goes. That was a good choice, Stephen. Uh, I'm now, I'm now, yeah, I'm now back with you. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now glued. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams, God. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I thought it was appropriate based on what we were talking about in relation to cars and and kind of um and well yeah, I think it's kind of an appropriate song for for um for any of the stuff that we talk about about mental about mental health um you know and obviously when we were talking about Darcy's dream earlier with Petra and Ali mm-hmm. um about bereavement which is a really important issue um and yeah I um it's amazing how much the show's flown by I, if you, I mean um I, I can't believe we're in the second hour already yeah. uh, so welcome everyone back to Mentally Sound this is our second hour of us we're going to be here till two p.m. talking about all things mental health and obviously as as I've just described we talked about a, a, a lorry load of different topics mm. um and obviously me and um. Uh, Ricky caught uh, catched up at the beginning of the show, um, just sort of discussing what we've been up to, and uh, we actually just said in the, between the thing, just to, to 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 pull the curtain or um, pull the curtain back in the behind the scenes stuff. When we, uh, when we were off air, I was just we were just talking to Kaz. Um, about the Break the Silence Festival, about us potentially going and doing some interviews, so that would be wonderful because I think um, I, I would I, I, I miss doing stuff like that. I used to do oh, that all me the time. Too. Uh, um, this was my life before before I got involved in any of this. Before my breakdown, I was. I was like a gig organizer. In fact, mm-hmm. my, my, my friend who I paid tribute to, Alice, who sadly took her own life, she was a major part of that. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll not keep our guests waiting because you've been waiting patiently in the wings. Um, so Sinead uh, is the Chief Executive of Education Support Partnership, the only UK charity providing mental health wellbeing support services to all staff working in education. And like like I said, um, that, that was what I said at the beginning of, of our show, um, because it also relates to that we've talked about this subject matter before with a number of different organisations about, about teachers being you know supported for mental health reasons as well as getting training, which is something we talked about earlier. And so Sinead, who I just just mentioned joins us on the phone now can you hear us Sinead? I can indeed hello Excellent. hello sir it's a pleasure to talk to you and likewise um, great, yeah, so as I said, um, ed- um, forgive me my, dy- my dyslexia, because there's certain words that go together where I'm like, ha- uh, excuse me, I can't. <laughs> um, so education support partnership, there we go. Uh, I have to pause and sort of like get it right on my notes and all that sort of thing. So obviously a um, very wordy sounding title, so do you want to um, explain to people listening what that, ac- um, I've obviously gave a rough outline, but do you want to specifically talk about what your organisation does? Sure. So, um we have been around for 142 years mm-hmm. uh, and we were set up originally to support teachers who were financially de- uh, destitute mm-hmm. um, and then we extended our work out and using the language of the day, we sought to support teachers who uh, had suffered nervous breakdown, as they call yeah. it in Victorian times. <laughs> um, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. Did you say 142 years, Sunny? This is Ricky, by the way. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing, Ricky? Yeah, I'm all right. Two years. We've, we've been doing this for a long time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. Because mm. uh, last time I spoke, we when we spoke to Richard, uh, I don't think we brought up that fact. That was, uh, yeah. There wow. you are. Yeah, you are uh, yeah. well, Richard is relatively young, so he probably doesn't... Oh, that's right. ...timeline the same way. Okay. <laughs> that must be it, the ignorance. Uh. It. <laughs> so, so there we were, you know, in, set up dealing with people with financial distress, n- nervous breakdown, and consumption was the third thing we dealt with. Yep. Um, so uh, the uh, the TB piece <laughs> reasonably under control, but, but we're definitely still working with people who are in financial difficulty and who uh, are suffering... 
uh, in, with various uh, degrees of mental health uh, issue as it affects them as professionals working in the education sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we pretty much we do three things, or we, we group our work into three areas. We, with that history, starting all those years ago, um, uh, we still, at the centre of our work, is supporting the individual. So an individual who's, who's a teacher or a teaching assistant or a lecturer, anybody working in education who is in need of help, they can call our helpline 08000 and through that they can get access to uh, a counsellor, somebody who they can speak with about particular issues that are causing them uh, stress and difficulty. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that service, we have accredited BACP accredited counsellors um, who are able to provide clinical support at no cost to uh, to education staff. And that's a core part of what the charity does. Um, we also continue to support people who are in financial distress. We give out grants uh, to people in situations where we can help them to either stay in work or stay in their home. And we see a lot of people coming through to us who are suffering in various ways from basically in-work poverty uh, as, as people working in the education sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and that plays out differently. So in the southeast, we will see teachers who are in that situation, and that's kind of related to housing costs. Um, but in other parts of the country, we might see uh, teaching assistants or, or other support workers in schools coming through for, for support. So that's, that's working with the individual. That's mm-hmm. kind of the core from where we come from. Yep. Um, we also work with schools. So we will go into schools and work with uh, the head teacher and the, the, the uh, deputy head and the assistant, all of whom are trying to set a culture and, and create a nice working environment in their school. Um, we will support them in those endeavours so yeah. we can... Uh, help them to survey their staff and find out exactly what staff need and think. We can train the staff team to uh, take care of themselves better and mm-hmm. give them really, um, uh, I suppose, targeted insight into what helps to build the resilience of a teaching professional because it's, there are some specific things that go with uh, teachers that are different from other, other people. Yep. Um, and we provide something called uh, an employee assistance program but is basically access to face-to-face counselling for uh, for everybody working in the school. And we do this at a very affordable cost because it's targeted. You know, we do it because we're trying to, to help people working in, in education. Yeah, someone who does a very important job, essentially, and so it shouldn't it's not, it's not shouldn't necessarily be about cost, it's about just helping them through something. Um, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, the, the, there was a lot of, there's a lot of, um, of, of, of ongoing points there that we can talk about in, in related to your answer. I mean, one of the things, um, just as a quick thing, so when you said the organisation's been around for 140-ish years, um, how long have you been part of the um, organisation? Well, I'm, I'm slightly younger than 140 myself. <laughs> I, I was not expecting, I wasn't meaning that. I was like, uh, oh, I know, I you know, <laughs> if not, I'd, we'd like to know what you've been eating and <laughs> what's your secret. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, it's, a, it's a skincare uh, ritual. I'm, I'm um, I've been here for uh, a year. Okay. So, um, and I've been in this role as chief executive for the last two months. Okay. Because um, I guess, because um, uh, the reason I wanted to ask you that, I mean, you may still be able to an- answer it in a wider context. I mean, just from your experience, uh, that, that, you know, in, in your lived experience, uh, is 
I, I mean, because one of the things I found interesting when you answer is you said several times about seeing the word individual in terms of in terms of dealing with someone in an individualistic way, um, which I completely concur with. And what I find, because um, he obviously gave like a broad idea, a broad outline of what education support partnership does. Um, I'm curious to ask you, you know, is there a comparison? I mean, there obviously always is a comparison, but is the is this the correct comparison? I guess I'm saying in relation to saying that maybe in the past it maybe wasn't as individualistic as it as it should be. And do you feel? But I find in certain aspects the way that like um, certain organisations deal with people now, like who in terms of recovery, don't necessarily deal with them as individuals. I mean, um, uh, just in our show today, we've had a lot of people talking about the ticky box, you know, criteria of, you know, sort of tarring everybody with the same brush. And so I guess this is what I'm saying in a roundabout way. Is that essentially the case that we need to continue to focus on um, dealing with people as individuals rather than like a collective group? I, I think there, it's a really interesting question to explore, and, and I think that there are um, there will be different perspectives. Yes. So, from from where we're sitting, um, our the reason our charity exists is to help people to uh, stay doing their job and able to do their job in a way that pleases them, that works for them, that adds to their well being. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, in terms of providing workplace support, which isn't about just dealing with issues that come up in working life. I mean, we will support people with personal issues and, um, you know, the whole mixture between the two, these things all all affect each other. But from our perspective, working with the individual is very important because Mm -hmm. we're all different. For all the reasons that you will know and you'll have explored on the show previously, a one-size-fits-all is, mm-hmm. is a difficult approach um, where we're trying to keep a particular person in a particular job in a particular school and support them to be the be um, you know to, to, to feel as well as they can so that when they stand up to do that job which is such a demanding job to be a, a good teacher is a you know a complicated and demanding thing that they are as well as they can be as they step into it and I think yeah. As such, we have to approach it from an individual perspective. Um, that makes sense. That, that said, there are other ways of working. So we also, one of the other things we do is run a peer-facilitated uh, network mm-hmm. for head teachers specifically. And we will bring head teachers together in a room in groups of 12 or 15 maybe. Um, and we'll have a, a, a facilitator help them to have have a conversation basically as a group Six times a year for three hours, they can let their guards down and not be the head teacher, which is a sort of very public-facing role in the community. Yes. In in that mode, um, we do that again to support them with their well-being. Um, and in that sense, the group works incredibly well because they're able to relate to each other and discuss things and support each other, um, you know, very effectively. Mm-hmm. So, again... I, you know, you've got to be careful about saying, you know, anything works in all cases. We know that's not true. But mm-hmm. we largely try and support individuals as an individual, but we also will use group settings yes. for particular purposes. Yeah, but I, I guess um, I'm, I, I, I thought that's that's a very good point and a very good way of, of, of saying it. I guess my approach was to say, 
Um, I, I find often in, in cases recently, I think probably, you know, as I'm thinking about it during your answer, is sort of a la- the lack of money and the lack of budgets and certain things. is It means that they kind of have to try and cover everybody as much as possible. But but because of the lack of, of, of money and, and the, the ability to, to, to deal with somebody on a one-to-one basis, because that's inadvertently more expensive than it is, you know, kind of, wide canvassing it if that makes sense is that yeah i do think that it would be nice for a person to have a choice like the way that your organization the way you're describing it it would be good for the choice of a group or individual i think a lot of the times in other examples it's just in it's just a group approach and that might not suit that person so i do think what you said was a good like asterisk to my question Shania, um, can i ask um one 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 point that i don't think we covered when we when we spoke to richard which i i would like to hopefully you can emphasize now but we didn't the plight of um teachers in in more in not just schools but in more sort of one could argue more challenging environments such as prisons and things um how do you how do you look after them and and make sure that they get their voices heard well the the i mean you're right to flag up that there are a range of environments within which people teach and Mm -hmm. some are more benign if you want to use that word and um, others are more challenging. In terms of what we do, our helpline is available to support people who are teaching in you know, in prisons mm-hmm. um, or in other more complicated settings than a typical school mm-hmm. um, and in just the same way they can use that telephone number, the 08000 561 number and access a, 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 a an accredited clinical professional who can have a conversation with them, and uh, and if appropriate, provide you know support that that person might need to access. Mm-hmm. And where we can't, if we cannot deal with an issue, if there's something that we can't provide for any reason, we will do our best to signpost out to other services. Okay. Um, but but we we make our services accessible mm-hmm. to people who are teaching in a range of uh, environments mm-hmm. and uh, you know we can we have people who come through and talk to us who are in even if they're not in a setting as you you know the the, the prison setting being a, a good example even if they're in simply a very challenging inner city school yeah. with uh, multiple different things going on at the mm-hmm. same time and and uh, a difficult cohort or high mm-hmm high levels of deprivation, which are yeah. also associated with higher levels of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you look at special educational needs and disability, there's a higher incidence of mental health among that population as well. Mm-hmm. If you have teachers working in settings where there is that much greater a demand on them, mm-hmm. then we would expect them to, uh, we would hope that they are receiving extra support. Um, mm-hmm. And where they're not, then we really want to get our message out that they can access our helpline and get support that way. And just on that point, um, I'm kind of glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because one other thing, which you know, I always keep my ear to the ground in terms of like news and what what, what what's happening. And I guess one of the big things now is is the level of cuts and everything that's going on. You hear about um, schools, especially where parents have to fork out for things now, and and, and teachers are on their wits' ends. Do, do you find that that in itself issues like that? Um, impact on teachers well-being i think i mean i i think you uh you're, you're starting to paint a picture there that is recognizable to us mm-hmm. we we conduct an annual survey where we basically inquire about the well-being of 
people working across the education system. We're trying to describe the situation um, and to understand the trends and then to understand more about particular groups within within education. So is it different for NQTs than it is from a mid, mid-career mm-hmm. teaching professional, for example, or mm-hmm. how is this working out for head teachers? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that research, when we carry it out, we ask people about what the factors are that yeah. impact their well-being. Yeah. Um, and they come back with quite a broad range mm-hmm. of issues. Mm-hmm. So they will always flag, you know, workload is flagged as yeah. a very significant issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but unpicking that a little bit, you know, workload is, is affected because of, uh, is, you know, in schools where they're trying to make their budgets stack up, they mm-hmm. are making difficult decisions about losing certain staff, which means there yeah. are fewer... Yeah. Uh, staff in a school to get the the work done but the volume of work isn't decreasing Um, so everybody who's working there is going to be doing more Mm. Um, so that's one aspect of workload is is that it's linked to that funding uh, climate Mm. Um, the other part of workload of course is about the type of work that people are doing if people feel that they're working in a school that is trying to measure everything uh, you know every aspect of every interaction with every student then they may not feel that the tracking of and measuring in that, to that extent is a um, an enriching experience for either the child or sure. themselves, sure. and so they you know that is not satisfying work that part mm. of workload is frustrating for teachers um, whereas working with a pupil where they feel they can make a meaningful difference in, mm. a, in a child or a young person's life is actually profoundly satisfying and yeah. is builds their resilience mm. when when uh, they're able to see the impact of of their you know their work mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's I, a very complicated thing but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah sure well yeah i was going to say that at the cru- the cru- the crux of my next question is to say it is one of the things why because i we i we also do a um a podcast um that i've done for a long time where i kind of talk to people for an hour because um, there are some things that are certain complicated and the fact that we do a radio show means we have to be a little bit generalistic um so, so I, but i guess it sort of makes it makes sense because of time constraints and whatnot is the reason we have to do that um but um what i wanted to ask you is you know because obviously as you touched on your organization has been around for a long time and i think it leads to the obvious question of asking because i think you know i see this i'm 31 and i think i i see this now uh, with you know sort of like my nieces and nephews compared to what my situation was like at school uh, do, and i guess i'm asking you this directly into saying is it is it in terms of mental health because obviously we are a mental health show and, and obviously well-being is part of that um is it worse now for teachers to deal with to deal with things um or are they constrained more than they were before or or is it or is it a, or is it or, or is that a misconception I think is it is it harder to deal with stuff now is I think an awful lot depends on the school environment that you're in yeah if you're if you're teaching in a school that's got a very open uh, kind of culture where it is where where matters of mental health are easily discussable uh, and there's no sense of stigma about it then I think that will be a different experience from being in a school that is perhaps more stiff upper lip yeah um, so I think there are different environments and that will play out very differently. What we do know more broadly, and you'll know this from, from, from your work in, in, and, and, and the, um, you know, your journalism around mental health, is, is that we are seeing more numbers of people 
um, coming through with mental health issues, though it's not clear whether that's because the prevalence of mental health issues is rising or because of how we understand yeah. the issues that are, that are affecting people. Or more, or more people just talking about it, yeah. Exactly. Well, just on that, Sinead, then, do, do you work alongside um, teaching trade unions and do they, do they flag up a lot of the issues that you've, we've just been discussing towards yourselves? We we have uh, we we look to work with across all the teaching unions and mm-hmm. and because we we ourselves as a charity we work across primary schools secondary right. schools further education and higher education as well as um, wanting to support people yeah. who are teaching in prisons for example yeah. um, we are not affiliated with any one union but mm-hmm. we try to uh, work with all the unions mm-hmm. so because through their membership they can get the message out yeah. and and yes some of them want to work very closely with us because yeah. they think that what they're hearing back from their members requires a response and so they'll work in partnership with us yeah. so that we can make sure we get you know we get a message out to their members that mm-hmm. there is help available um, and so uh, we have a very good relationship for example with UCU, which is the union mm-hmm. that supports uh, lecturers in, in yeah. higher education, yeah. and they absolutely understand that this is uh, an area and a provision that is important to make available, and so they do that, um, you know, they help us to do that across the union. So working with unions is, is very important mm-hmm. um, and something we want to do more of, actually, going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just uh, my last question would be to you is, um, can, you, can you illustrate a little bit towards to, to us and the listeners what your I read on your website you have a, a program called Headspace and another one called Your Space can you sort of enlighten us on that a bit more so Headspace actually is what we call the peer network thing that I was talking about earlier oh yes okay. when we bring the head teachers together into a room for uh, three hours and they work with a facilitator and then they do that every mm-hmm. uh, well they do it six times over the course of an academic year mm-hmm. Um so that is what that Headspace program is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it doesn't work for everybody, you know, like, like anything. It's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. But the people who, who for whom it does work say that it keeps them in teaching and that it's the place they, you know, that they can go to to just get caught up with themselves and sort of feel sane again for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is really important because, we, you know, our research tells us that head teachers are operating under a lot of stress, more so than um, other roles within schools. Yeah. And teachers across the piece, they're, they are uh, more likely to be stressed than the rest of the workforce nationally. Okay. So, we're, you know, you're talking about quite a, a significant degree of stress there. And, and within schools... Head teachers, uh, pretty much a third of head teachers, um, well, senior leaders, so heads and deputies, um, have have uh, declared that they've experienced a mental health issue in the last 12 months, wow. which uh, is higher than the one in four of all adults who will experience mental health a mental health issue in a given yeah. year. So that that implies that the the, the actual job is a factor. Um, you would one would think. Um, one would think that that's a pretty reasonable, yeah. um, educated, uh, educated yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get. Um, uh, it's funny. I, I guess just to wrap, we've got to wrap things up now, unfortunately, because we've got to play some ads. But um, uh, I guess just the kind of summary I want to say is: um, for first of all, I think Headspace is a fantastic title. Um, very, very. Uh, it, I can see the connotation and why that makes some sort of sense. But as I was listening there, when Ricky was asking you the question about about what that does and about the the peer group thing, it's really really nice to hear that teachers 
the teachers get the opportunity, as you said, no matter what um, you know place that they're teaching in, that they have an opportunity to do that. Because it reminds me, I was a, a youth worker slash social worker for five years, and uh, one of the things I found, and it's one of the things that I now talk about in universities, about the fact that they cut the debrief period. So the debrief period in, in the job that I did, for those that are listening who don't know this, I'm sure Sinead has a rough idea, is that um, when you do something as, as emotional, emotionally impactful as, you know, like, you know, I, I taught young offenders and, and, and disadvantaged children and stuff who can be troublesome or people who are homeless, so they have problems and some people have drug issues, all that kind of thing. So when they tell you stuff in confidence, you know, it can have an emotional you know, uh, impact on on the person listening, i.e., me and or the the worker. So the debrief period is really important to have at the end of the day. And I just felt that that was what essentially you were saying in re- in regards to teachers, a place for them to unwind and to and to and to get you know debrief um, from from the stresses of their job. And you just think with well, the 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 amazing job that they do, because you know, I mean, we're not mainstream media, but I'm just saying that you often find that teachers get a kind of bad rap. Uh, unnecessarily, um, you know, because uh, and and le- and less is talked about the stress of the job. So just, I guess, congratulations, Sinead, on on, uh, on the continued work of of, of your organisation. Let's hope it goes for another hundred and forty years. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll deal with the issues of, of mental health and stress in education before the next hundred and forty. You would one one would hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, um. I don't. I, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say there, like, let's all let's let's all collectively us live another hundred and forty years doing this show. <laughs> You doing chief executive stuff? Um, maybe we'll get there one day if we just keep working hard. But um, but no, it's just nice. No, this open, honest conversation that we've just had is is I think um, a good stepping stone to for you know. It's a, your example is one thing, but it 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 uh, resonates with other examples that you know of the stuff we've even just talked about on today's show. So thank you, Sinead, for taking the time to talk to us. We really enjoyed it. Um, was it was it was it painless for you? <laughs> Absolutely painless for me, and, and, and you know the, the work that you do in in uh, having these conversations is a big bit in normalising um, how we think about mental health and, mm-hmm. and making it more and more discussable, so that we yeah. think it's it's just the right thing to do to pick the phone up to someone. So well yep. done, you too. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, yeah, so thanks and so a big much. Shout um, out to teachers because you know yep. it's you know it's their mental well being is, is is absolutely mm-hmm. you know important yep. as well as long as yeah. My journey and my mental health came from talking to my form tutor about my how. I felt because I never felt as I could tell my parents. Yeah. So that's a good example of what the, the power teachers can have. So, so thank you, Sinead. Uh, enjoy your rest of your day, and thanks so much for talking. Say hi to us. Richard from us as well. I will do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sinead. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Sinead. Bye. Uh, wow, wonderful. Really, really fantastic interview. Um, what a really, what a really nice, what a really nice person. Um, I really, I had a great time talking to her. Um, and um, I, I love Sinead as a name. It's a fantastic. I love name. the Irish accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like when you said, yeah, um, when we were talking to Nikki yesterday, and just uh, like, um, um, you know, with the South African accent, yeah. which is very, and she has a therapeutic uh, voice as well. Oh, and then no. we saw that view. I just was just like, no, no wonder people, um, you know. Well, uh, look, look from where I was sitting, she was <laughs> sat there with the big window behind her. <laughs> And I was just watching the driftwood sort of yeah, walk and then one the, end of the end. And then the birds making yeah, the noise yeah. and then floating and the down to the thing. And the sun glistening on the river. And then you hear like, <laughs> And you're like, oh, God, it's like, it's, it's like, um, you know, when um, you can tell Alexa in the night time to kind of have all them, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, Alexa, play some, uh, like, it's funny if I, if I say that, 
the people in their houses Alexa start doing? I wonder if that happens. We say, Alexa, turn on rain music. <laughs> it just starts playing. <laughs> I wonder if that happens because it did happen with Xbox. Sorry, oh, random okay. tangent. But you know, remember like um, Xbox, the uh, obviously Xbox a, a games console. Yeah. Um, Aaron Paul, who was in Breaking Bad, uh, did oh, yeah. a advert and he said Xbox oh, on yes, yes, and yes, it was yes, turning yes, everyone's yes, Xboxes yes, on when the advert was yeah, playing on the TV. Yeah. Is that the day it was t- yeah, just funny? Uh, I wonder if that happens with Alexa. Oh, but, uh, Paddy McGuinness does one now where just the whole house just goes chaos. Because yeah. <laughs> but anyway, right, we need to take a break for some ads and uh, so um, um, hopefully it's okay for you to wait a little bit patiently, Matty. I'm sorry for, for the delay. We were a little bit behind. Um, so Matty, uh, Matty Jobs, who we talked about earlier, who does Jobs Gym, which um, I'm fascinated about. It sounds to me a little bit like boxer size. I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's the correct thing to say. I'm sure He'll, he'll correct me when we, we talk to him so hey, we're going to talk to him in about five minutes time we're going to play a Billy Joel track you may be right and we're going to play just some ads which is about a minute right about a minute long and I'll be right back to talk to Matty in the studio right here on Mentally Sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM for the community by the community Spice FM 98.8 FM welcome to your community announcement answer machine to broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Hi. God, I've had a hectic year. I've got a show at the morning and then Fox and Show, so it's the day before that was quite busy. Yep. Just me. 
it nearly turned into a celebrity boxing match during the break there. Uh, I said like I said something uh, disparaging. <laughs> no, no, um, that was you may be right by Billy Joel, which makes me think I should listen to Billy Joel more because that put me in a really good frame of mind. Was that another really like great song? Uh, probably, the yeah, vibe the music yeah, music. it does sound like that. But I think it was maybe early nineties. I don't know, but my my, my um, you know, considering if it was early nineties, I would have been small, even <laughs> still small then. So I have no idea. But it's a fantastic song, and I think Billy Joel is a genius. He's one of the few musicians I'd call a genius. I think his music's great. Um, but yeah, well, Madam Melty Sound here on Spice of M ninety eight point eight FM. Huge thank you to our guests so far. I mean, as the, as we were just talking, actually during the break, that was a joke about the box thing. Um, <laughs> was that? Um, of course, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, we, we've had a real jam-packed show, and we have another guest waiting in the wings because um, we mentioned, we talked about this briefly in the introduction, Matty, um, about um, you know, uh, I, I used to always like um, when I worked at the YMCA, they used to do things called boxer size, which I never quite fully understood what it means, and I'm sure it's different. Um, but yeah, it made me think of that when I was reading uh, the introductions. But huge thank you so far to Petra and to Ali, um, to Kaz and to Sinead so far. But um, we'll not keep our guest waiting any longer because he was waiting patiently because we, as I say, we're a little bit ten minutes behind, but we're fine. We could talk to you for a good ten, twelve minutes, which is good. That's about normal. So Matty runs Jobs Gym in Benwell, and he joins us now in the studio. Hello, Matty. Hiya. Good to meet you. Uh, to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, uh, very exciting. Obviously, um, uh, boxing for kids uh, is, is is one aspect. But you were saying during the um, I guess just we'll, we'll get on to that because I guess that's the main focus. But you were saying during the um, while we were while we were off air that you also box and um, you also train uh, uh, um, like yeah, professional boxers yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so what's that? What's that like? Um, it's 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 really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Like come back to that um, when I first started the gym off. Okay. Um, basically, it, it was solely for professional boxers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is back in 2014, right? 2014, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we owned the gym specifically, like I was saying, for adults and uh, professional boxers. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up opening a gym up in the West End, Newcastle, and <laughs> before you know it, you've got like 10, 15, 20, 30 kids yeah. knocking at the door Great. and wanting to come in and train. Um, so at first, obviously, we had to disappoint them young people um, and sell them elsewhere mm-hmm. um, because we didn't have the facilities set up um, to take kids in. Mm-hmm. Um, as the weeks went on, uh, this didn't lie too well with myself. Um, hence, I'm from the West End Newcastle. I was born and bred in Scotswood, um, and I know how difficult it is for these young people in the area. Yeah. Uh, so, with a long discussion with my wife, uh, without without her, this none of this would have happened anyway. Because uh, I get 110 percent support all the time. Yeah. Um, I see as far. I'm going to open an amateur boxing gym uh, to invite these young people in. Correct. Yeah, so went down the right tracks of that. This uh, was the Benel Victoria Amateur Club, yeah. Yeah. Hence, we've done that. We started it off, um, and it's just went from strength to strength. Yeah. How long ago was that when you started? It was 2014 for the amateur. Okay, yeah. so it's been a while and now. And five years. Yeah, opened up then, anyway. It did. Um, it got a lot of young kids coming in from other sports. Um, mm-hmm. Hence a lot of kids as well coming in for different kind of issues in, in life in general mm-hmm. um, it, it also at that point it opened my eyes a little bit mm-hmm. um, into life um, and how difficult it is for some people mm-hmm. um, hence why we're here today as well mm-hmm. to discuss some of this yeah. um, and it really it just went from there and it, it, it's more people it is a boxing gym don't get us wrong it, it is we sport and I am passionate about it um, but it's come a lot more 
than just a boxing yeah. gym. Yeah. You know, so to, to me, and, and to the people that actually use the gym, you know. Uh, it was actually made me think, and then I'm sure he's got something to ask you, but um, it, it reminded me um, when I, because I get notes about who, who's going to be on because Ricky does the booking, um, and it reminded me a little bit of like, um, and I mean this in all complete seriousness, is like any of the boxing films I've ever seen, um, particularly the one I liked, the, the one I remember last seeing because I haven't seen, I know you've seen the Creed, have you seen the Creed, Creed ones? Yeah, exactly. um, which I'm sure you, I, I've seen the first Creed, not the, not the last one. Uh, there's been, t- there's been two. Two, yeah. Yeah, um, but the one that I really liked because it showcased like kind of a, a community aspect to it was Southport. Was it Southport? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, um, with, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Thank you, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I don't know why, like, my brain's not working. Um, but yeah, so I really liked that film because I, I mean, because it was, um, it, it had obviously, um, it had obviously like the, the sort of gang, gangness of it, but, um, it, it, it really did showcase, I think, quite well the importance of having, um, and we've talked about this on on this show a lot about being having something to be motivated for and something to be driven with. And um, I'm, I take it um, and feel free to, to talk about this and more and more specifically, the boxing kind of it does have that um, does have that like sort of um, uh, extra benefit is that it makes you feel that good and 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 all that sort of stuff. Is is that fair to say? It does. Um, and once again, boxing, it's quite an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got your coach and you train alongside your coach. And um, a coach, realistically, I spend probably more time with, with, with the kids in the gym probably than most of the, the family members do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also there's good um, social aspects of it as well. Yeah. Because everybody that comes to the gym have become friends. From, yeah. Mm. From all kinds of um, backgrounds, uh, gender, it doesn't. It doesn't make a difference. It's just like a community within a community. It, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's um. It's it's brung a, a lot of communities together. Mm. Um. It's brung kids together that would probably walk past each other on the West Road. Then. Yeah. 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 Um. And not even speak yeah. to each other. Yeah. Uh, that's and, that's and, great. And probably yeah. turn their noses up at each other. Yeah. Um. Mm. You know. But because they've got this common interest. Yeah. And they've got to know each other individually, like as a person, not as, put here, somebody. Like from a different colour, a different uh, generation, or a different religion, that actually say this for what years, for uh, three years, and you, bring that together. You yeah. Know? Do you find Do you find in your in your um, experience uh, doing this gym and, and doing all the boxing stuff? Is it similar to like what Mike Tyson said about? Because um, he always said that his his original trainer like saved his life and said he said he would be like a was like a burglar or something like that because he. Um, do you have you seen that? Just to, to to bring this to our to where we're we're based in the northeast of England, have you got any examples of, of, of sort of someone where you feel like they've said, "Yeah, you've literally like turned my life around." You know, there's uh, so many stories like that. Yeah, that's came out the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine. I mean, I mean yeah. to say, like a lot of kids who didn't box for us now who've become young adults mm-hmm. uh, who's walked away from the boxing now, them says that it, it's it's put them in the right track of life. Yeah. So therefore. They've set up. They've got end up getting themselves a job, mm-hmm. um, started families of their own. They've got their yeah. own place now. So, but they never ever stop being in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll always pop in the gym or a cup of coffee, pop in to see how things are doing. They'll pop in to do a little bit of training every now and mm-hmm. then. It, it it doesn't make any difference if if the people leave the gym or not, or whether they're boxing. Um, if they leave the box for somebody else, for instance, um, they're still more than welcome back into the gym because mm. you have a journey with these people yeah. and just because they leave they can do other things it doesn't mean to say like you've got to walk away from them yeah. um, 
they might not want a box anymore, but they still might have certain issues where they feel comfortable actually coming to speak to somebody. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and hence why doors are always open for people like that. If there was, if someone was asking you if, if there if there's some sort of like science behind something, like you described on someone's journey, so someone who was vulnerable had didn't have any self-esteem suddenly was in the gym with you and they've gone back on that straight and narrow. What would you describe that process? If, um, if there is such a terminology involved. The, well, the, the, the process uh, to start it out with is, is actually making that individual feel comfortable enough to actually walk into the gym. So and it's providing an, an, an inclusive environment. It is. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And yeah. a, a, like I've, got a, I've got a young lad there who's, a, who's starting an apprenticeship with my first apprenticeship there, which I'm absolutely thrilled with. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, like I was saying before, it's more than a, bo- a boxing gym. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the young lad's... Uh, he, he's got autism, mm-hmm. um, and I do quite a lot of work. He got he gets school placement with us, mm-hmm. um, but to guide this young gentleman over these last couple of years, the way we have has been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, he came into the gym, for example, um, and he couldn't even listen to the sound of the buzzer, the bell. Right. Um, it, it was perfectly one to ones with him. Okay. And then I integrated another coach alongside me to work with him. Mm-hmm. Then I integrated two or three members of my class, integrated with them, and now this young lad is absolutely flying, and he's he's we do like an in-house coaching qualification, okay, mm-hmm. to guide kids towards getting their amateur coaching badges, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. coach kid other kids, yep, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's busy doing a level two now. He's he's done his level one, and he's busy working Great. on passing his level two now. Fantastic, um, and now he's actually instructing classes. Mm-hmm. Great. And, th- and how old is he? How old is he? He's coming up to 16. Wow. And yeah. that to me, when he came into the gym to what he is now, is yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. The, the progress he's made in himself and his self esteem has mm. just it's just gone through mm-hmm. the roof. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, that's just one example. Yeah. There's, there's a number of kids who's, who, who's got certain issues as well um, who were trying to guide along the same lines as well yeah. great because I mean like um, there's a number of things I'm thinking when you said that is because I, I'm pl- it's really pleasing you said that like um, people who you would walk past the street uh, they wouldn't talk to each other they would walk past the street in any other example I think is excellent because it, it, show, it you know that that's creating a tolerance uh, a tolerance of pe- people being different and everything like that mm-hmm. so it's good to point that out because I was going to say when I worked as a youth worker slash support worker I worked with young, young offenders uh, but this, this is just one example there were several groups I've worked for but the young offenders who all had like you know sort of criminal records who I was dealing with and um, the thing that they did that we set up for them that they all turned up to and they basically said it was either this or just be like causing havoc on the street mm-hmm. um, was they all did um, beatboxing yeah. Um, you know the 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 you know the the freestyle rapping type mm-hmm. stuff with the, you know they get a beat and then they just rap yeah. along to it and um it and um it's not my type of music I think that's obvious if you looked at me but um if I guess it's a stereotype but I just uh, but. I respect it, and um, that made me really understand it because I would sit there and watch it and go, um, and you could you like after a while if you did a few sessions you could see who's good and who wasn't, um, you know. So there'd be people who are really not good at it, and you'd be like, oh please, it's not another one of like you know talking. But then the ones who actually rhymed and it all made sense and were fast and and like could hit the beat and it was all about rhymes, it like r- like uh, the rhythmic stuff and that yeah. it was fant- it was fascinating, yeah. um, and I'm assuming like. Um, um, I, I guess what I wanted to ask you then, in order for for, for me, because I'm curious about it, is what like why did you set it up in the first place? Um, in relation to boxing, were you a boxer yourself when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I've been in the sport a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
never ever thought I'd ever ever got into coaching. Oh yeah. Um, and then my old coach um, just threw a pair of pads at us one night and said, "Jump in there and start padding them lads for." <laughs> um, and nice. Basically, it it, it took from off from there. there. Yep. Um, and then I had a, I had a professional approaches uh, who was already a pro at the time and asked us would I mind being his coach because uh, he likes some of the work I was doing yep. mm-hmm. um, so I, I agreed to do that um, mm-hmm. and we went on we, we had a pretty little bit of success um, won an international masters title together um, and I thought for my first, first professional boxer I thought to myself god I've actually won something straight away wow. uh, which I was really pleased with Yeah, and then Obviously, I work with a lot of young people then coming through. Yep. And a lot of them's turned professional with us now. Correct. Um, so, one of them lanes where I never see myself doing this, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden I am. Yeah. And and I'm enjoying it, and I've got the support um, of good people around us. Um, hence, my family absolutely amazing. Me, Correct. My eldest son's actually a coach now with us as well. Correct. Um, so, it, it's even though we're keeping it in the family. There's other coaches uh, who get involved in the gym as well, you know, mm-hmm. who are massive, massively important. Can I ask, Matty, a little bit going back on the whole process thing I was talking about earlier, but um, would you be reluctant to use the words like, you know, say, like the terminology such as therapy when someone, say, for example, someone vulnerable who's had a lot of things packed up inside them that they've never, like, released or have got to express, and then something within boxing that helps them get it out? I mean, I know that's a very simplistic way of putting it, but do you believe that there is something in that? It is. Um, I suppose everybody's in life has demons to deal with. Mm. Um, Someone, for example, who might be reluctant to maybe talk about it, but instead can express it through what what you know, in a session with yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen some kids come in and they're being quite quiet in a shell yeah. and things like that. After a session, they've went out and they've been buzzing. Mm. I've seen some kids come in who's been in total rage and mm-hmm. the adrenaline's pumping and. There's something not right there, yeah. and then you. There's two ways boxing and work. If you see somebody come in and they're inside themselves, mm-hmm. obviously you get that out of them and you release that. Yeah. Um, so he comes out, just put it like a flower opening up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll come out of himself and he'll get out of that gym and he'll feel positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he'll come. Some, somebody will come in and they'll feel that hyped up and that raged. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to try and calm him down in boxing, mm-hmm. and that it is it. it, it <laughs> It's not just coaching boxing, it's coaching the individual and, and reading yeah. signs. Yeah. And when you work with people, um, and you get to know them and you mm. get to know what, what, what moods, what swings yeah. are mm-hmm. and how to deal with them. Yeah. Um, but like I say, that all walks of life, any sports, not just boxing, mm. um, especially when you're working with, with people like with so-called mental health issues, mm. you know, a lot of people like turn the back, not because they didn't want to help them, it's because they don't know how to help them or they, mm. they, they feel uncomfortable in case they say something wrong or they feel uncomfortable that they do something wrong mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know well, yeah, open th- yourself up yeah, and yeah. let these young people and yeah. young adults and, and all walks of life even the elderly people some of them have bad mental health, health mm. issues but approach them speak yeah. to them would you, yeah. would you would you would you just want just, yeah, yeah, would you yeah. put adrenaline in that equation as well that they, they get definitely that, yeah um, adrenaline endorphin buzz isn't yeah, it? it is it's the endorphin buzz are doing uh, it it's yeah. Massive, massive yeah I was gonna say because when you got like literally about one minute left with you but um I also think as well I mean as a summary as well I also think because again I I don't want it to be that it has to be like someone who's 
necessarily in the worst conditions to come and get some help from someone like yourself. Um, but I, I think when you said the good thing you said about when you said that someone goes and they might not stay at the gym but they move on. Do they think they they develop the skill of discipline? Because yes. I think that's the key in boxing, isn't it? Is it to is have a discipline. Discipline is massive. It's, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's lots of aspects to the boxing world: um, diet, uh, turn up on time, training. Mm-hmm. Remember as well, you climb through them ropes. Yeah. And potentially, people see it's a fight. It's, and our boxers would say it's a boxing match, but people would see it as a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got to prepare themselves. In, yeah. In, but it's, it's an art, though. I, 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 the art to it, yeah. I mean, because I, I have, have, as I say, I'm not like a huge boxing fan, but I've seen enough documentaries and stuff. And I think actually a good summary of this is what to, I remember Tony, Bla- Tony Bellew said this in the build up to David Hayes thing is it's the biggest way of showcasing you as an individual, like because as you said, you can get all the coaching or whatever it is, but when the bell rings, it's you and another person, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's the ultimate. That's why I think it is a fascinating. That's why I think people find it fascinating mm-hmm. is because you know it's basically one person against another person's whip, but we really have to go because we're going to be cut off in a second. So, um, how can people get involved? Just very quickly. Just pop out to Joe's gym. Great. Um, is there any criteria or anything? No, no? Just, just if they're interested in boxing. Yep. Um, any ages or is there an age, yeah, r- age limit? No, stop from eight year old. Eight year old, great. Excellent. Just a quick congrats to your Unsporting Hero Award. I understand you got last year, is that right? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks for Great. Yeah, right, cool. We need to go because we're 20 sec- like 30 seconds left. So, But yeah, huge thank you, Matty. Thanks. Much appreciated. So to Petra and Ali, for, uh, who's um, from Do- talking about Darcy's Dream, to Kaz, Break the Science Festival, which is in August 17th, I think it was. To Nair from Educate and Support Partnership, and Matty, who we just spoke to now, talking about his gym at jo- Jobs Gym in Benwell. We'll be back in three weeks' time.